0: To be the best, you need to play with the best. You might not have your own personal high-level circle of women yet, but you can hang with us on the Female Millionaire Show. I'm Idori Verity, serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and I interview badass female founders and cut through to what you really need to know. So in 20 minutes, you have what can take years to learn if you're wanting to play bigger come play with us join the female entrepreneur revolution today cheers we are here with carissa farley hay who is the queen of pavers if you did not know one before you are going to be with here with her today because I'm super excited about her. She has so much wisdom from being in business, starting from nothing and building brands and building companies. And we're gonna be talking about strategy and doing things in order and what to look out for because there are so many things that, as business owners, we're constantly putting out fires. Chris and I were talking about this before we hit record. It's just part of it. Concentrating on the things that are the most painful at a certain time without having a strategy in place. And so we're going to be talking about that. And who knows where else this conversation will go because there's so much to cover from women who've been in this for so long and have gone through the challenges of growing a business and being successful. So welcome to the show, Carissa. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So I want you to start by telling us a, a little bit about your journey, where you came from. Um, and then I know you sold your paper company. So bring us to that point.
1: So I am a serial entrepreneur, even as far back as college. I was going to the downtown flower mart, picking up flowers during college and delivering them to restaurants. I had a carpet cleaning company that I gave out clear stickers on stain removal and had a little carpet cleaning company. I what else did I do in my 20s? I manufactured handbags. Um I did bomber jackets for Gold's Gym. I I had a consignment store. I set up the business center for Ritz-Carlton's that did not have in-house business centers. I did HR tabulating data tab- tabulation for the Ritz-Carlton. I then later started my paver company with little kids and zero money. Uh, I started a paver company. My husband at the time, I I don't think we were married then, was a tile contractor and said, hey, I saw this trade with no grout and no mortar, and I went online. It was an unusual thing then. I had spent many years before that praying, if there's a wonderful opportunity out there, could you please send it my way? Because um, uh, we've all met women that are trying their hands at different things and they try something and it fails and they try something else and it fails or then they quit and get a job. So uh, first being able to identify your concept and is it going to work? And is there any margin? And do you have a market? Uh, different women are going to be at different places. We had just talked before we went on about if you are a woman that strategically did your MBA and your parents gave you, you know, a million dollars seed money or a half a million dollars seed money, and you can afford to hire a professional marketing person and a professional accounting, this is not that discussion. We're not there. I'm pretty much talking to the woman who has a couple of little kids started on the kitchen table or a couple of 30 year olds say, Hey, I have this great idea. Let's start this. And they don't have much money. Um, and they don't really know what they don't know and they might be good at marketing, but they might not be good at finance or they might be good at finance, but they can't sell. Um, how do you identify a, do I have a worthwhile product or an idea? And then two, Uh, when there's a hundred things coming at you, the more you grow your business and you don't know what you don't know, um, the more you're going to be running in a field arrows and there's just so many coming at you, liability, it systems, things you set up incorrectly, learning marketing, where do you identify how you, where you're at, and what you might be missing and what you need to know. There are only so many dollars. There's only so many hours in a day. And no matter how much you try to put that hundred pounds in a 50 pound pack, you will have limited resources. So part of your success or failure will be how quickly you can identify the arrows that are going to get you in the back and do the most important things first. It, it will help in efficiency. And I think um, that is your key to survival. So where do you start to do that? I know I did nonstop continuing education my entire career. And the problem is in the beginning, you are so busy keeping the wheels on the bus. Like you have to do everything. How do you pull out of the day-to-day operations so that you can get that continuing education? So that that's a big thing too. And then having a some business resources, I have them by the way, I've collected them over the years. Uh, some business books that are fantastic. Uh, there's a book on strategic growth I highly recommend for everyone. Um, I also have some lists that basically go through everything that you can identify in your business ranging from business licenses, cash flow, IT, marketing, so that you can start looking at and say, oh, you know, do I have liability insurance? Have I taken care of that? We talked about a, you know, a dear woman that I know who was quite a, I think she was a great businesswoman, but she had leveraged every, every dollar she could get, she leveraged, she had a, started a blow dry bar and she was doing marketing and she had a She came up with the cash to decorate it and get it ready. And she had a great location. She was doing great marketing. So when she was ready to do that next level of growth, she took some of her precious resources and hired a consultant. And she was following everything that consultant told her to do. And the consultant was like, you know, you got a great concept. Let's franchise it. Let's open some um, places in Santa Barbara. What she failed to tell her is that um, in this particular market the business is seasonal and it, it, you have to be like a little squirrel and put some of your cash away or you will never make it through the summer so while she was spending money on consultants and spending money on growth and spending money on um, new franchises and big dreams and and you know she was so great at so many things but then she hit a cash flow issue She didn't have enough capital. And I see this happen to a lot of women. She didn't have enough capital to get through the season. And she lost it all. She was dying because an important thing like cash flow hadn't been on her radar. So identifying where am I in this growth process? So, you know, the key elements at each layer and then looking at all of the items at just that layer first doesn't mean you're not always You know, when you're driving your car, you're scanning the horizon, but you got to be able to see that body in the crosswalk first. So being able to do both so that you can identify and then being able to look at yourself clearly and say, what am I good at? What am I not good at? And how am I going to fill the holes that I'm not good at? It gets very easy to throw yourself into the things you're good at, feel great about it, have a sense of success, and then get an arrow in the back because you miss
0: something that you didn't know. Yeah. And I think with breaking down some of the things that you talked about, because you brought up a lot of really key points for those who are starting out in business or who have been in in business for a while and they want, now they're at that point where, okay, I've proved my concept. Now I want to grow, right? So how do you do that without you know, spreading yourself too thin, like you talked about the woman with the blow dry bars, right? How do you do that? How do you create the strategy behind it? One, you need to pay attention to the one that you already developed. I don't know how long she was in business first, but one, you need to be, you know, really paying attention to all the different elements and what works in one location may not work exactly the same in another location, right? You talked about different locations. So if there's different climates, That's going to be an issue. If there are different events that happen in certain types of, you know, like if you're in LA, we know that, you know, when there are big events coming, you're probably going to have more clients that come to you. Right. But then Mm -hmm. when it's kind of dead, you're going to have the opposite thing. So what do you do about that? Do you have marketing planned or do you have cash reserves? The other thing that I talk to entrepreneurs about quite a bit is you go for the money, when you don't need it. If you're going for the money when you already are in big fat trouble, it's going to be a lot harder to get it. So having a line of credit when you have cash in the bank, is the best time to get it or going for financing. I think um,
1: a way, a basic way to start is to start with the end in mind. Uh, I have a great sales guy. Uh, For all the continuing education that I did, my entire career, I constantly was globbing on to anyone that I thought was smarter than me in any way to try and figure things out. Jack Daly, greatest salesman ever. Jack Daly um, he had this saying start with the end in mind. And for me, that's start with the numbers. So I recently sold my construction company. I'd had lots of little businesses building up. And, and that's another thing too. You will fail. So let's just start there. It, it may be big. It may be small, you're going to fail. So when Elon Musk is doing all his business ventures, you know, and he's got a ton of money, you never hear about how many of those things fail. And I don't care if it's Donald Trump, I don't care who it is, but with us as females, you do one thing and you fail and you feel like I'm a failure. My life is over. So the the first thing is just get in your head, you're going to fail. It, it, it's not a personal reflection. It doesn't mean you suck. It doesn't. You failed. You, yeah. You're going to, whether it's a big failure or a small failure, try to minimize your losses, but know that it's going to happen and you're going to pick yourself up and dust yourself up and you just got to go on and hopefully you didn't lose your house or, you know, it can be mildly inconvenient when you're trying to support yourself and you have financial crisis. But that's the first thing. The second thing, um, so be easy and be kind on yourself and don't take it personally. Just get up and keep moving. It, it, everyone you know, tells me how hugely successful I am and blah, 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 but I, I've, I've failed many times. Now, I just don't quit. And then the next thing for me, start with the end in mind. And for me, that's the budget. So the very first thing that will help you um, start wrapping your head around what you don't know. So getting some business budgets, um, like I said, I have some great lists that are very simple, three or four pages of things that, you know, you can use as a checklist to say, you know, taxes, liability, insurance, IT, just to kind of have a basic overview. Am I addressing all those things? Then I have, so I'll have to give you these resources later. There is a great strategic planning book that you basically look like at. Um, maslow's hierarchy only this is a strategic planning are you level one are you level two are you level three there are basic ways to identify where you are at with your business to look at and say do i have all these things i'm not going to do the next things you know, I may be looking out over the horizon, but I'm going to put my most energy into the most important things first. Our resources are finite. Our time is finite. Our, and I'm one of those that, you know, I've worked all-nighters. I've stayed up all night. I've done horrendous schedules, you know, where you don't sleep. But there is only a certain amount of time and a certain amount of money. And when I look at, and I have to say mostly men, when I look at men and I say, isn't he a smart blah, blah, blah? Isn't he smart? As I watch them take their MBA, take everything they learned, beautifully lay it out, create a plan, create a strategy, beautifully execute it, and then deal with the, you know, the things that come up along the way. And I was like, why didn't I ever do that? So with my restaurant, of course, you know, it fell on me. And I jumped right in and started scrambling as fast as I can. But I had a general idea of the arrows that are out there. And as soon as I possibly could, I start doing those budgets and say, what does this look like on paper? Even if you are wrong, that exercise forces you to focus on that strategy. Then, as life gets crazy and your strategy varies, you can refine it, but at least you're focused. A lot of us we're moving so fast, and you just you know throw that check at that advertising and hire that employee, and we're just going as fast as we can without seeing if it incorporates into that financial plan. That way, when you get off track, or you or you your strategy wasn't correct, or you failed, you've got a plan to stay focused where you're not just. You know, I, I've seen business women many, many times. They're just going as fast as they can. And I'm like, I think that's going to work. But, but they're so already in the, in the forest that they can't see the trees. So strategic planning is huge. Then if you have experts or you have resources, snuggle up to anybody you can and say, how does this sound to you? You know, does this people who are successful and, and listen and then listen. Doesn't mean they know you. Doesn't mean they're right. Um, But at least it'll start giving you some different ideas when they're like, you know, do you know your insurance is going to be three times as much? Or have you thought about, you know, the tax implications of that decision? Or do you really think that that 18 year old is going to, you know, buy that product? Or have you thought about expanding your market niche and diversifying or what you were talking about? You know, cash flow. Start asking as many people as you can that are that have been successful. And maybe it doesn't translate. I mean, I I have hilarious stories where everybody's a little afraid of me in construction. You, you know, they weren't inviting me to Vegas with the boys, and everybody was a little uncertain about that blonde girl in paving. Like, what what is that? And I have literally been known to go to some of the most successful guys in our region. And literally shown up at their office door and said, you know, is somebody going to talk to the girl? And I've shut the door and said, I can use a little help around here. And, you know, how did you do this? Or what did you do? I know at one point I'd really, when I talked about starting with the end in mind, I daydreamed, okay, what would be the holy grail? At that time, I thought creating a business and selling it, to me, that was the holy grail. I didn't have a couple million dollars in savings. I didn't have a huge retirement account. I'm, I've been working my whole life. I um, did squirrel away some real estate and used cash sales and did some other things, but I didn't have a multi million dollar retirement. So selling at that time was, you know, in my early 30s, late 20s. I'm, oh, if I had three million dollars, then I could share that with my staff. We can invest it and I could live off the money. So even taking it to, you know, if you're 30, think about 65. We want successful businesses, but more important than a successful business is a successful life. So what does your successful life look like? and, and, And how does that business incorporate that? So if you're envisioning, I need $200,000 $200,000 a year to retire on, even, even taking that end in mind to, okay, I want $3 million invested at 5%, and then I'm going to go travel, and I'm going to live happily ever after. Even putting that into your plan, okay, then I have to sell it. So for me, the holy grail was to be able to sell it. Well, things were different when when I was in my 60s and I was in my 30s. So I could then modify that plan, but I was looking at creating a company I could sell. And then for me, that means I have to have a business that operates without me. It isn't sellable if it requires me to run it. So that starts affecting your systems and processes, and how you do business, and that comes from the front end in creating that kind of company. So for instance, in my business, there are guys that I used to compete with in the in the paper business. I called them backyard remodelers, so there weren't strong marketing guys. they were strong construction guys. so they would uh for that one customer there it was best for them to upsell that customer to turn I used to joke with one of them I'd be like, my ten thousand dollar job is your two hundred thousand dollar job. He would sell them grass and lighting and turf and mailboxes and Borders and garden walls, but that's not me I want a company that I can run 110 guys and I can keep 10 jobs going all at the same time And that I have systems and processes that company runs without me being on every job. I can't do that so instead I Created a company that I had those type processes that I could train and train and train and that I had a a methodology of constantly recruiting new guys That I always had new labor that I was always training labor so that when I went to sell that company uh, my joke is after 20 years we know what side of the paper goes up every one of my guys knew that there is a certain way that we do our jobs and so my company looked different than maybe my competitor's company because I'd already created what I'm not veering off into the wrong lane trying to be something that doesn't meet my end goals Uh, so, so that's part of your strategy. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we've all had that when who knew the first time I got an insurance bill and it was $60,000 at that time, I probably made $60,000. Uh, I didn't sleep for a week or the first time, uh, HR lawsuit comes at you, a meal and wage break or, The first time an employee gets hurt or uh, you, those are painful lessons because it derails you from all the other things. Uh, One of the ways I still work and I teach all my staff is I look at what do I want to have done this year and what do I want to have done this quarter and what do I want to have done this month and what do I want to have done this week and what do I want to have done today? And what's going to be done by nine? What's going to be done by noon? What's going to be done by three? It never goes down like that. Just letting you know. It never Mm -hmm. goes down like that. You can plan it. But at least it puts me in that direction. So when we have a catastrophe, and they are nonstop, these catastrophes are nonstop. Every time that happens, it derails you from your plan. So as much of that, that you can acquire ahead of time, by professional groups, other organizations, mentors, other business people, your podcast, as much little jewels as you can pick will will avoid some of that pain. Yeah. I know once uh, I was blow drying my hair and the baby's crying and I'm you know, trying to get ready for work and the mayonnaise jar dropped or something. And I heard out of the corner of my ear something on the news, okay, where talking to a female executive at Facebook, and they said, "Um, how do you do it all? How do you run a successful company and, you know, have kids and have a family and have a personal life? And how do you do that? And I stopped the blow dryer and I ran over to the TV and I was like, oh God, maybe somebody can help me here. She said, it's a disaster, just a total disaster. Uh So, so at least, you know, there's a little comfort in, in doing that.
0: So I mean, No matter what, when you're first starting a business, if you are really trying to grow, it's not just a hobby business, there will be a little bit of chaos or a lot of chaos as you adjust, even with a mentor, just part of it, right? I, You and I have owned businesses for a long time. Now with my business, I have enough people in place because I'm able to leverage my other companies that I, it, and I have so much wisdom from failing so many times, right? Right that I I'm not running around with my head cut off anymore. I'm pretty calm most of the time. However, when you're first starting, that's normal, especially if you have little kids, I think if you have little kids, it's just part of, of your life. Right. And you just learn to live with a whole lot of craziness and a whole lot of imperfection. And if you can't, then maybe it's not the right field for you because you just have to expect it. It's just part of it. Right. But having someone who's been there and done that and knows a lot more than you can make your life a whole lot easier. And so you want to be factoring that into your business plan.
1: And you take it with a grain of salt because everything, like I told you, the business consultant consultant that take it with a grain of salt. I know uh, my best friend uh, was my controller. We were like this a lot of times because she's a counter and I'm an entrepreneur. So many times I always asked her advice and I didn't always take it. Sometimes I did. And sometimes I didn't. Um, When I first started to, when I was young, I had a female insurance agent. I had a female attorney. I had a female controller slash CPA. I did get a lot. uh, I had a female banker. Um, We had some girl power. Because like I said, uh, back in those days, the guys weren't talking to me. They were a little, all looking at me a little sideways like, what is that, that blonde thing over there? Um, nobody, to really play kn- instruction. Yeah, nobody really yeah. knew what to do with me. So back in the day, um, they didn't, everyone kind of stayed clear of me, but I just wouldn't go away. I have hilarious stories where they used to do the boys trip in Vegas or the boys Christmas dinner or whatever. And I got wind of it. I was never invited. I just show up. You know, I just year after year after year. I just, yeah, I'm not that sensitive. One of my girlfriends teases me about my insensitivity, and it's it's done well for me because at some point you just have to be so persistent that you can get through the pain. And and God bless you that you're always calm now. I would like to think sort of calmer, but still, I know with this restaurant I'm working. I I, I just. I have, I'm on my second partner, my third chef, my sixth manager in four years. I opened right before COVID, uh, this restaurant. And like I said, it start with the end in mind. So I had this beautiful little budget of where everything should be. And I am still grinding over food costs. And it's the bane of my, my existence right now. I'm still it's I have this saying it's never one thing so we have carefully priced out all of our all of our food um I have budgets and then I looked at October and I you know cash positive woohoo that's good (laughs) but my food costs are still not what we've projected and what's happening so is it theft is it um inconsistent portioning is it Variable food costs, they say it costs something, then it's changing. Although I have IT to adapt for that, you know, even still with almost probably 40 years of experience now in business, you know, I'm still problem solving, problem solving, but I can focus, you know, like we're older now. Uh, We're older and we have a lot of experience in there. Yeah. uh, You know, I have mm it. I have it easier than most, but I can easily see how a lot of restaurants don't make it because they can't, they can't control things like that.
0: I think Um, the business is one of the toughest ones out there. And if you don't have a business mindset, I think it's really, really difficult to to make it in, in the restaurant business even if you do have you know a business mindset, it still is really challenging so more power to you.
1: Remember to um, the other thing is uh, when you fail or make mistakes, um, remember a lot of it's luck. Uh, yes, you can increase your luck incredibly and you can prepare for things. Um, I know for years, my nickname was the pirate internally. They called me the pirate because no matter how well we did in a month, I never spent that money. You know, I knew, uh, cash flows, a grind in your stomach where you're robbing Peter to pay Paul and you're borrowing the money for the Christmas bonuses. And then you got to pay it off and pay it back. Um, so I was constantly always trying to live under my means, keep things as inexpensive as possible. All this Jewelry and nails and hair—that was not me when I first started my company. Um, I was a little rough around the edges because I had to hoard the cash because God knows, you know, you might need it, and especially to grow. Where now we're at a different place in your life. I mean, I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to die when the electric bill is like, holy crap, the electric bill is fourteen thousand dollars. How is that a thing? You know, and it caught me a little unexpected because I've never owned that property before. Okay, I probably could have done a little more um, homework when I started, but you know, for a for a young entrepreneur, you know that could be life or death if you have a uh, six thousand or eight thousand dollar gain in your electric bill, or yeah. um, if you haven't. Uh, I know when I first started, I I had no money, I had nothing. Uh, I had little kids, no money. I had saved and saved and saved to have a little bit of cash. I got a line of credit. I was incredibly lucky. Somebody who had watched me start my business. When I started my business, I I always had a side hustle. So I had a regular job and then a side job. And then my business was a side hustle. Uh, Someone had watched me for the previous five years. And on a handshake, I got a $20,000 LOC, which at that time, was as good as twenty million dollars to me at that time. That that was enough to cover a week's worth of payroll, and that was huge for me. So having funding, and
0: um, whatever it is, is not going to be enough. I mean, unless you have wealthy parents, but it's not going to be. You know, I think I want to um, wrap this up because I think you've made some incredible points. But I, before we go, I want to make sure that we hit on the luck by you know finding yourself luck. And I know with our business, our first loan was because we won an award, right? How can you can you submit yourself for an award, right? And then someone a rep from B of A came up and said, "Do you want fifty thousand dollars?" I'm like, "Okay," right? And that set us up right there. And then later on, my husband was a board member for a group, and he went golfing with the president of another reg- local bank. So setting your so creating your luck, right? It's, it's not just all of a sudden you're going to manifest something. Sorry, I have not seen that work on a consistent basis. However, I have seen it where if you go out and you write out different ways that you can, can connect with people, you can be introduced to someone, you can put yourself in the right place at the right time, you can create some luck for yourself or you, you're giving to others as well. That's another way to create luck for yourself. So I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that's that's
1: part of your strategic planning too. I mean, some of this identifying where you're at. So let's say you're, okay, I'm going to start this business and I have this great plan. And you're in denial that you've terrible credit. You know, you have terrible credit and, and no judgment. I, I, at one point had a bankruptcy. I failed at something. I had terrible credit. Well, before I had this idea, you know, oh please give me a give me a niche, give me something when it comes I'm going to be able to grab it and identify it. When people are like, how in the world did a girl like you get into the paver industry? Because I was a serial I'd done all these baby little entrepreneurial things and I'm like, just give me an opportunity. Well, when I saw a incredible construction niche that there wasn't anybody in this region And I knew this was going to be good. I could feel it in my gut that this was a wonderful uh, construction trade. That's how I jumped into it. But first, you know, I had to look at that bankruptcy that I'd I'd had a bunch of medical bills. I had a business that I had a theft, blah, blah, blah. I had to work on my credit first. That is one of those things to identify. Do I have enough funding? Do I have enough finance? So don't be in denial about the things that either you're not good at or that you need to fix first. Those are just basics. I've seen a lot of women fail for that. They jump out. They think they have a great concept, they have a great idea, but they haven't done the basics to make sure they're going to have enough capital.
0: Work on that first. Yep. Awesome. Krista, where can people go find more information about you?
1: So I love when people are like, are you on Instagram? And I'm like, I am. Send a message and Jack will let me know. Uh, I don't actually check it, but you can reach out to me on either Facebook or Instagram at Chris Farley Hay, and um, I usually do get those messages. Uh, you can also Google me. My phone number is probably all over the internet because for years I was just so shameless. People are like, "You put your your phone number? I can tell you all kinds of hilarious stories when you're doing reality shows or billboards. But yeah, I didn't never wanted to miss a sale. I never want to miss an opportunity. So my phone number is probably all over Google too.
0: (laughs) So don't take advantage of that. However, if you have something specific that you would like to talk with Carissa, obviously you can tell she is a hustler. That's why she's been so darn successful. She uses her, she's totally uh, seasoned in different avenues, you know, from being in a restaurant business to being in construction, to doing these businesses that she started with no money when she first began. We didn't touch on that too much, but you are self-made and you have done an amazing job to create a life that I think that you, that you intended on, you know, it sounds like you're having an incredible time and doing the things that you do. And it was very intentional and you, you started with the end in mind.
1: If I was going to add one thing to this, and that is um, step outside yourself as well. If I were to do something different, remember I told you about, I watched a couple of guys who did their MBA, studied, who created a plan and executed it beautifully. Something to consider rather than just jumping in with two kids and, and floundering and getting through it. The other thing is I am preconditioned to be a hard worker and I kind of look at that sometimes Um, I'm very good at hamster wheel I'm really good at this complex web of of little things you have to do Uh, you don't necessarily have to be married to that either think big I watched my husband who's very successful who did zero hamster wheel he put together very big deals and you know, do not limit yourself just because you're a female. You can also look at, um, is this the smartest business for me? Could I make more money doing other things? Um, I think we've got some very, very incredibly successful women out there that you can look at that started with big visions and that's okay too. It's okay okay to go big,
0: go. I'm all about going big, go big. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and being authentic with, with what you have created in your business and the challenges that you've faced and how you've gotten through them. So thank you so much for being here with us, Carissa. And I invite you to go check her out because she's still doing amazing things out there. Go, what's the name of your restaurant? Wildest restaurant in El
1: Paseo and Palm Desert. It's really fun. It's pretty wild.
0: It oh, is well, really wild.
1: <laughs> and I have a yoga yoga wellness facility called Coachella Yoga. Those are my two retirement gigs that instead of driving around Southern California in construction and paving things and building shopping centers, I am now eating and drinking and having a ball.
0: Go check her hey. um, out. Go find her.
1: Feel free to call me. Uh, we'll powwow about the strategic planning. I, I do have some actual framework for women to help identify where they are. And I would love to start testing that out. Sounds great. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Bye.